are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Welcome to season two of the Empowerment Hour. My name is Michelle Bolden, and I'm going to continue to lead you on this journey through caregiving. Today, we're going to start a little bit differently. Um, Today, it's me. And I just want to first thank um, our audience of listeners and supporters for supporting our first season of Empowerment Hour We've received lots of great feedback, and we thank you for sharing that feedback, for supporting us, and we want to continue to receive your comments and suggestions for additional shows as we move forward. So I first wanted to start with a huge thank you for the support um, of the Empowerment Hour. And today, I just want to speak with listeners about our season two, and also some common questions, answers to those common questions I get as related to family caregiving. So first let's talk about season two. Our theme for the season is call to action. Um, At the end of each episode, we ask our guests to share two actions that listeners should take after listening to the podcast, because our goal is to offer actions that can impact your life and your loved one's life for the better now and then over the long term. The theme for this season is call to action because we are facing, one, we are facing major elections in the coming weeks and years that will impact you as caregivers and your loved ones at a local and national level. Two, we are also facing a significant shortage um, that impacts healthcare. Um, the healthcare that you get in an acute care facility, the healthcare that you get in skilled nursing facility, and then the healthcare that you also receive at home. And so this impacts how you care for yourself and your loved one. So it's even more important that you are aware and taking action to actively become involved and educated about your loved one. So as we talk about call for action, I'm gonna jump into those answers that I often get regarding caregiving. And so I want to approach this in what I call pretty much the three stages of caregiving. So there is the crisis stage, there's the maintenance stage, and then there's the planning stage, okay? Now, normally we would reverse that. In most scenarios, you want to plan, you maintain your life, and then you address the crisis as they come along the way. But in caregiving, it's just the opposite. There is a crisis that has been faced that has placed us in the position of being a family caregiver. Now, some of us are able to plan, and that is awesome for these events, but often it starts with a crisis. So that crisis could be, um, you know, a loved one had a fall or had a heart attack or a stroke. And so now it's, I'm in this crisis, I'm in a hospital, what do I do next? So 
each of these stages, I'm going to talk about maybe one to three things that you can do in each stage. So for this one, the first thing I always tell people is to make sure that you inform your hospital staff or hospital team um, if you are the power of attorney for health or financial needs, that you provide those advanced directives, that you provide those living wills when your loved one comes into the hospital, because that allows for them to honor their wishes that hopefully that you all have discussed. And even if your loved one is in their right state of mind at that time, you still want to be very active in what's going on with that care, because unfortunately that may change. And you want to make sure you're well aware, particularly as the health power attorney, what's going on so you can help make those decisions that your loved one would have wanted for themselves. Secondly, um, so let me go back to the first step. So also as part of entering um, into this caregiving journey in a crisis situation, you also want to know what your rights are as a family caregiver. In the state of Georgia, there was recently some, a law passed, the Caregiver Act, that requires that um, caregivers identify or identify as a caregiver. So when I'm in the hospital with my loved one, the hospital should ask who is the caregiver and you should provide the name so that you're part of this journey as they plan for discharge and education. So whatever state you're in, just make sure you know if there are caregiver laws as you enter into the hospital. Secondly, you wanna to begin to plan for discharge at admission, right? And so you are trying to identify who the discharge planner is for that particular hospital, a social worker, it could be a case manager, it could be a nurse, different names that they're all discharge planning. So you wanna identify who that person is. And if they have some ideas based upon their current state, what generally may happen as next steps, would they go to a rehab, would they just go home? You wanna identify as early as possible so you can begin to make steps. So for example, if they're going to a rehab center, then you wanna be able to get that list of rehab centers. If they're going to home care, you wanna be able to get a list of home health providers. So you can begin to do your research and plan for the right provider, whether it's a rehab facility or home health to identify who's gonna best meet your needs. So for a rehab center, you may identify facilities that you prefer. You can check the CMS website for ratings for different rehab centers. Give that list to friends and family. Each person uh, researches a facility, visits, asks questions that you want as well. So you can be well informed about your next steps. As you're discharging, um, it's important to identify what's gonna happen when you return home. Are there needs for supplies? Um, has the medication changed? Um, are there state programs that can help me to adjust a home or the cost that's going to be associated with home? So do I need to apply for Medicaid, um, SSI benefits, uh, county programs? Do I need to contact my loved one's long-term care insurance? Do I need to contact the veteran services for their benefits? And then lastly, as you prepare to discharge, you want to make sure you have a team who's able to help you. So not only that professional team that we talked about, home health, home care, hospice, 
but also friends and family that are able to support you as you plan to make that, that transition home. And then another person who's on your team is your employer. If you are employed, you wanna ask about what happens with FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act, what's available? Is it paid, is it not paid? Um, am I able to have a flex schedule so I continue, continue to work, but also help my loved one? Can I work from home? Um, so you wanna begin to have those conversations about what happens next as well. So those are a few of the things that can help you kind of deal with the crisis mode. Then we go to the maintenance. So around the maintenance time, you've come out of the acute phase, you're out of the hospital, um, and maybe you've gone home already. It could be seven to 30 days that you've been at home. Things have kind of settled. Okay, so at this point, you want to be able to assess your team. Do I have the help do I need? Do I have friends and family available where I'm able to get some sleep? I'm able to get a break. I'm able to go to work if I need to. Assess the team to see if you need more help. Um, how long are you going to have the current services? Will OT and BT be here for two weeks, 10, 10 weeks? Um, that allows for you to kind of plan the next steps for your loved one to see how much support you have in the home. If you have an aide that's associated with home health, how long are they going to be there as well? Do I have the proper equipment to make sure that my loved one is going to be safe in here? Do I need to reach out to the durable medical equipment team to see if I need some other things? Do I have all the prescriptions that I should have transferred my loved ones to or change or doses or medications? Um, are the, the mail-in prescriptions back on target for 90 days? Are the prepackaged peel packaging that I'm receiving, is that on schedule? Um, and then also you wanna make sure that, um, you know, you do have that POA, power of attorney, the health or financial, that that is still active and appropriate and it was beneficial when you were in the house in the crisis. Does that need to be changed based upon this last hospitalization? And then home safety. Um, do we need to now add grab bars? Um, are these rugs uh, dangerous now? Do they need to be removed? Um, do we need to adjust the doorways? Now that they're in the house with a wheelchair, it's not working. Do we need to adjust the doorways? Is there a ramp needed in the house right now? Um, are the stairs safe? Should they go up and down the stairs at all anyway, um, moving forward? And then financially. Um, when you were in the hospital in the crisis, you wanna make sure you follow up on those applications, Medicaid, SSI, veterans, long-term care policies, um, your employer for your FMLA. Um, are there any other benefits that your employer can offer you um, that could help cover costs. So now maybe you need to pay for a caregiver to come in. Does your employer have dependent care benefits that will allow for you to use maybe flex pay in order to cover for aid for your loved one? So these are a couple of things that we can address in the maintenance stage. Okay, now the third stage is now we're planning. Okay, we've gone through all of this, we kind of maintain. Now we want to be able to um, go back to where we hope we would have started planning. 
So let's look at when we entered into the hospital, did we have advanced directives? Did we have an 11 will? All part of what's called estate planning. And so you wanna be able to have those conversations now with your loved one about what, it, what are their wishes? Those advanced directives, the living wills, the power of attorney, health and financial. Financial. If you hadn't done that, this is a good time to go back and address that. And for them, financially, what benefits do you have? Do you have a life insurance and policy? Do you a life insurance life insurance policy? Do you have long term care benefits? Are there veterans benefits available that we need to look into to make sure that we can cover care now and moving forward? And then if they were if they are employed or recently employed, they may have some short term or long term benefits that you may need to look into to make sure that you're covered as you move forward or if another crisis happens again. And then during this entire process in the stage of crisis maintenance, and then also planning, you have to make sure that you have a self-care care plan yourself. The preventive portion of diet, good diet, not dieting, but eating well. Um, exercise, uh, medication, and vitamin regimen. Are you doing your own well checks? Are you getting your screenings done? Are you investing time in yourself with hobbies, uh, mindfulness routine? So that could be just um, meditation, listening to meditating music, journaling, yoga, whichever allows for you to just stop and focus in that moment and not think about what's happening next or happening tomorrow. Um, so that brings us to your mental health support, a counselor, group therapy, friend therapy, therapy. And then you want to make sure that you educate yourself about your health and your loved one's health and their illness. So take online classes. Um, there are so many different disease organizations that can support you online or have in-person classes. Call for Caring is starting our classes this fall where we do seven days of training for family caregivers. Um, if you want to know more about that, you can click the link that's in the episode notes for today. But get engaged and know what's going on with your loved one as well. So these three stages that we talked about, they can come and go. So there are cycles of these three stages that caregivers can actually repeat because unfortunately, sometimes to get back into another crisis and we go through these stages. Um, so we want to make sure that um, as you go through this journey, that you remember to ensure that you are trying to plan so that the next crisis is better handled. And remember through each of these stages, you're always practicing self-care, taking care of yourself and getting help and assistance to kind of ride through this journey. Um, now, the information I shared in these three stages that I call of caregiving is very high level. And so um, just to kind of give some type of recommendations for some of those frequently asked questions that we have, but it's a start. And so we all must begin somewhere. So each stage that we talked about is actually a call to action. So as we move into season two, we want to focus on call to action for yourself, your family, and your community. This season, we plan to hear from caregivers, from their loved ones, 
from community partners and legislators um, who will inspire and educate you as you fulfill that call to action. So we're excited about this season and I so look forward to you tuning in to educate, elevate and empower yourself as a family caregiver during this journey. Thank you.